0: Support the show by donating at themusicbuds.com. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Music Buds podcast. This is episode number 16, and my name is Henry. This week, I am honored to be joined by composer Marco Beltrami, known for a huge number of acclaimed projects, including... Three Ten to Yuma, The Hurt Locker, The Original Scream, Snowpiercer, World War Z. I mean, just the, the list goes on and on. And Marco, I can't tell you what a pleasure it is to have you on the show. It's just it means a lot.
1: Well, happy to be here. It's crazy times, and I know a lot of people are stuck at home, so it's yeah. good.
0: Well, uh, how's life for you overall these days? All considering, I'm actually it's not
1: too bad. I mean, as a composer, you spend a lot of time. By yourself in the dark room anyway, so social distancing isn't really a problem. <laughs> I think the biggest challenge is that we're not able to do so much with musicians, you know? It's hard yeah. to get musicians in a room and play. Things are lightening up a little bit, but it's been a problem. We've done a few scores and we've had to record over in overseas, you know, in Budapest or wherever. And it takes, takes away a lot of the fun of what I enjoy, which is actually making the music.
0: Yeah. yeah. How, uh, how did you get started? Because I remember you having said that film composing, was it what you necessarily set out to do?
1: Yeah. Um, I started playing music from a young age when I was a kid, piano lessons and all. But when I got into college, my parents didn't really want me to pursue Music. So I went to, you know, I got a liberal arts education. I actually studied geology. And then I, uh, but I, I, I realized it wasn't something that I wanted to do at all. And I, on my own, I, I applied to music school and uh, I started writing concert music, just, you know, music for different, usually academic settings, but not always. And I didn't really know much about film music. At the time, but I had an opportunity to come out and study with Jerry Goldsmith because there was a program at USC mm. at the time, so I did that, and that's, that's really where I started learning a lot and just being really intrigued and uh, attracted to it and I think I feel like it came pretty easily. I feel like I uh, you know have a strong visual component to musical thoughts, so it, yeah, uh, it seemed to work well.
0: Yeah. One uh, A few projects I wanted to touch on. So The Hurt Locker, which uh, you got an Oscar nomination for, it's really a, a favorite film of mine. And having gone back earlier today and listened to those tracks, they're so intertwined into those scenes that they are in. Like I, hearing, you know, um, There Will Be Bombs or The Way I Am, those tracks immediately, they just evoke those images so strongly.
1: Yeah, they, I mean, the thing that was... Unique about the Hurt Locker was that up until that point, I always conceived of music as being something separate from the whole sound environment. Like there was the sound department that did sound effects and all that stuff, and then mm-hmm. and, and there was the music department. And I always, you know, when you come when they're mixing the movie, that you know, there'd be a dialogue mixer, a sound mixer, and a music mixer, and this always seemed like to be a separate thing, but on that it was really a question of music and sound working together and sometimes not knowing if something is coming out of the sound or, or (laughs) the sound is set in the music or, you know, really blurring those worlds. And I think that what led to make Hurt Locker such a visceral thing is that, you know, it has, has an almost quasi documentary feel like to it. And the music really is to, enhance that experience without taking you out of the picture without saying, oh, now here's a music cue.
0: Another aspect of of your work that I I disrespect so much is you are incredibly prolific. You do a number of projects across a variety of genres. Does that kind of pace help your work ethic?
1: Yeah, probably. Um, One of the things I love about film music is that you can really cross genres and I don't really see you know, music is music to me. The the I think the only genre I really haven't done much of is like romantic comedies or anything. <laughs> but, but probably because I just take myself too seriously. I also have you know over the years have developed really good relationships with other people. Like I know my limitations. Like I was trained with you know with pencil and paper. I, computers are a challenge for me. I, you yeah. Know, I can, I can turn them on, but it's, uh, you know, I, I've i learned one program and that's it. So, yeah, like I have here in the studio with me, my partner, basically, co-producer Buck Sanders, who works on pretty much everything that I do. And mm-hmm. there's also a couple other guys, you know, Brandon Roberts and Marcus Trump and people that help out on different scores, you know, they have different strengths and I'll have them help. I, I That's one of the things also that I love about film music is that it's really – collaborative is that you're, you know, even though we work alone in, in dark rooms that you share ideas and you're not just totally in isolation. So yeah, I think that that's, yeah, one of the great things.
0: Yeah. Jumping ahead a, a little bit to uh snow which is just a, a brilliant film. One track that really sticks out to me is ax gang where they come across this huge, army of these axe-wielding thugs. And it's such a percussive, sharp, booming track. And I I know that there are so many layers to that movie. Was it difficult or, or exciting doing that kind of film where there are so many, for lack of a better word, parts?
1: I mean, it was an awesome experience working with Bong because he started thinking about music before he started even shooting like hmm. we we met and he was showing me just drawings that he had for the different scenes and i started sending him musical ideas and i sent him things even before he was done shooting and i actually the axe gang scene was um that was some that was the first piece of music i actually wrote to the picture hmm. like he he sent that and i thought oh man you know it's so it's like something really futuristic about it, but also very, you know, raw and primitive and, you know, really had fun taking acoustical things, sounds and mutating them and coming up with the the sounds that are in that track that you're talking about. So it was really collaborative.
0: Yeah. In terms of, I mean, I guess your music speaks for itself, but are, are real instruments, real things very important to you in terms of maintaining a good grounding for the music?
1: Yeah, I think that's the uh, the basis for most of what I do. Even electronic things um, are grounded in acoustical signals because I think the human element is really important to mm-hmm. keep. I just think there's so much possibility when somebody plays an instrument of just manipulating things of, you know, just a single tone, the way someone, like a, a, a string player might play a single note is, can, there's like infinite variations to that. And, yeah. and if you're able to short, sort of shape that acoustically first and then manipulate it, you can really accent things that you want to bring out. So yeah. much more than you can with starting with an electronic signal, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, what, one project, kind of just skipping through here, one project I really wanted to make sure to ask you about is Turn, the uh, Washington's spy series uh, with Jamie Bell about the Revolutionary War. If that is not one of the coolest shows, I mean, it's just, when I I saw it for the first time, I was just so hooked. And how did you get involved with that project?
1: You know, what's really funny is that that show takes place in a town in Long Island called Setauket. That's where the spy (laughs) uh, spy rings started. And when I heard about them doing this show, uh, I was like, to so talk it. That's where I'm from. That's where I was born.
0: Oh, really? And, yeah.
1: yeah. And, and that's where my parents live. And in fact, and the, the things that they're talking about in the show, the places, and all, I know all those places. But wow, when I was growing up in school, we never learned any of this stuff. We never learned about the history of the place. So like, I was, when I was watching this show, I'm like, are you kidding me? This is what what happened here and all that. So I, it was like I, you know, I really pushed for that. I really wanted to to do that show for that for that reason. Um, and it turns out the the showrunner of that is amazingly creative, and he's actually moving on to some other things as well, which I really hope to be a part of because it's yeah. it, it's not all the time that you meet like the creator of that show that are just really. I, I think he's like a genius, you know. Yeah. so I'm glad that you like it. I, it's not; it doesn't have a huge following.
0: I I love that period, and I I love that kind of story, and yeah, I, I was hooked ever since it first aired. So I, yeah, I just wanted to. <laughs> send I think my... it's
1: a little austere for a lot of people. Like they, it's like kind of boring or whatever. It's a little stodgy, but but to me, it was like really, really interesting, I, and I I really like that that uh, that you dug it.
0: Yeah. Now with uh, A Quiet Place, which you, you've also worked on the, the sequel that's going to be coming out, what was it like doing a movie like that that is so quiet? <laughs> the,
1: I, th- I think the, the interesting thing is that as soon as you make any sound musically, even if it's very delicate, like it, it has an impact. So it's like you're much more aware of little nuances that you're making and silences can be used as a musical effect as well. Like, I, I think it's in, integrating silence into the music is effective. Mm-hmm. You know, you can use it as, as uh, an element and have little sounds come out of that.
0: Yeah, well, is it like working with John Krasinski who directed and starred in it since he's a, He directed films before that, but I guess he had done more so acting. What was it like? Yeah. I mean, it's it's
1: it's challenging director to work for. He's um, basically his first movie, you know, Mm -hmm. and it, music's an abstract language. So it's sometimes hard for people to develop that skill of, sure. so, you know, it was a bit of a learning curve, I think, both for him and for me on how to play him stuff that he could hear and see how it could work into the picture but in the end you know we, we developed a process i would send him music you know he came out to the studio a few times but for the most part he was in new york and i was in la and i would send him send him music and he would listen to it and things that he liked he would try against different scenes in the, yeah. in the picture and that seemed to work better than actually playing music and putting it with a scene, like I might do with sure. another director here, because it sometimes it threw him a little bit.
0: In terms of you collaborated with a lot of people, a lot of directors and a lot of other composers, do you find that over time, those collaborations become easier because you find a shorthand, or is it different because you maybe both grow more confident? What's yeah, I think the, it's both.
1: I think it's yeah. both of those, yeah. I mean, as you get more confident, you do develop a shorthand, with um, Guillermo del Toro, I remember I worked with him, and he, uh, there was this effect that I used to use with strings. And then when we were talking about another movie, he would say, "Oh, you know, do that thing," and he would he would sound it out, and you know, I would know exactly what he was talking about when he would say that. But it's also a comfort level, I think, too, like trusting, trusting each other, trusting that the composer is on the same emotional wavelength that the director is, you know, that, that type of thing. Um, yeah. That everything that is meant to be understood from the picture is, and so yeah. forth. Uh,
0: One of the last things I, I just want to ask you, because we're running out of time, your, your work, you've not only done such great work, but it seems like s- they have also have such a great, long lasting impact in life to them. You know, like even going back to the original Scream or iRobot, I mean, those films are still, beloved and they're still talked about. And I feel like that doesn't happen all that often. And it seems like you have so many that have that impact.
1: Wow, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thanks. I I it's great that some of the movies I've done have done really well and people still watch them. Yeah, Scream definitely has a little bit of a following to it. You know, I, I feel fortunate in that regard. It is something that you can't really plan for, uh, but if it happens, it's it's great.
0: Yeah. So. Who are some musicians that you first connected with? Were there any that that come to mind?
1: You mean when I came out to L.A. or just?
0: Um, I mean, it could be either when, when that happened or it could be when you first got into music. Were there any that? that oh, well, really... I'll
1: tell you, like in terms of film music, what really inspired me when I first started hearing scores of Ennio Morricone, the um, oh, like yeah. Eddie Western scores and how, how he would treat Again, sounds, found sounds is music. Like, I think yeah. that's really cool. And that was really inspiring to me. Nino Rota, another Italian composer that did the like Fellini films. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. was really inspired by his work. And probably Bernard Herrmann. I think those are probably my three biggest influences in, in film music. I mean, I have some other. There's, you know, just regular music influences uh, that... I, I doubt any of your audience would, would know like uh, Jacob Druckman, who was uh, a uh, composer, American composer that I studied with and had a big Im- impact on my orchestration and arranging skills and how I hear instruments. Uh, back when I was in school, yeah, I think I think those were probably the the most formative and like uh, this is what got me into it, like why why I want to do it.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, Marco, I I love talking to you. I wish we could keep going, but I know you have some other meetings coming up. And so, again, thank you so much for the time. I mean, it really means so much. And I I just have the utmost respect for your work. So thank you.
1: Well, thanks, Henry. It's a pleasure. Pleasure talking with you. Is this your home studio here?
0: Yes, uh, home studio, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And where are you you again? I'm in North Carolina. Carolina, Central North Carolina, yeah. All right. Well, my, my...
1: Partner Buck here is from South Carolina, so he would call oh. you a Yankee. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, well, yeah, anyway, um, it's good to talk to you, and thank you for your interest.
0: My pleasure. All right, well, everybody, uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did, and we'll see you next time.